Because, you know, now I can see on my end whether you guys have joined. And you had the gall oh, I... <laughs> to say, yeah, I'm in. And there was nobody but me in. <laughs> Listen, I thought you meant on Discord. I, I didn't mean to bullshit you like this. To Finch, but we are all on... We can see that. <laughs> are you guys on the call? Yeah. yeah. Are you guys on Discord? <laughs> there we are. Okay. Like, I don't with know. The exception I'm not sure. I'm getting... I'm having issues. All right. We got... Of, of... Go ahead. Go ahead. Go ahead. Right, no, no, it was a dumb joke. We got Go Chapo too. We got Jackal Goodman. We got Kill Ansel Elgort, <laughs> and we have just desserts. It's just desert. Why, why Kill Ansel? Oh, like what, what? What's that about? I, I just hate Ansel Elgort. I want him to die. <laughs> what? What? What was he in? What did he, he do? Was the, he was the Fault in Our Stars in Baby Driver. Oh, oh, he was that guy. Yeah, he's he's yeah. the Gort guy. Right. He's, he's the never pedophile. remember his name. Yeah. yeah. Isn't that that uh, that actress that that you stand? Isn't she dating him now or something? No, but she's still friends with him. So, uh, uh, please, <laughs> please disregard my uh, humiliating episode. He looks like such a fuck. God, Josiah Jos- <laughs> Sutton uh, just put his his. Image. Yeah, his blasted image, his blasphemous in image. His, yeah, in in the chat, and God, he looks, he looks, he has the nepotism baby look too. He yeah. does. Like this yeah, man, he's got something about his face inbred. Is... This is a man like... who would have been on the flight logs had he been a little bit yeah, older. So, <laughs> this is a guy. This is a guy who walks into like a building, and you just hear like a little a little banjo riff where it's like. Yep. Somewhere in the background. Just as he walks in, it's like, why is his, Why does his face look like that? Because, like, because uh. he's a trust phone baby. He has Dr. Livesy teeth from, like, that he, meme. Like, you know, like, around. how, like, there's, like, a, in, in Dante's Inferno, they say, like, the soul goes to, like, hell or deep cleaning in purgatory or whatever, and, like, a demon yeah. possesses the body. That's it. That's it. Uh, that's baby what, driver that's what you is look hilarious. <laughs> yeah, he died as a baby, and it's just been a yeah. demon possessing no, no, no. the. But I was just gonna say, baby driver, which I have never seen. But isn't there like, like two or three predators starring in that movie now? Uh, yeah, yeah, there is. <laughs> yeah, there is. <laughs> Wait, who's the third one? God, there's Spacey, Gord, Elgort, and who's the third one? Was was it? Jamie Foxx that had like some problems or who was it? There was a third guy. Wait, was um, there something with Jamie Foxx? There might have yeah, been. Yeah, geez, see. that 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 kind of makes me a little sad, you know. Let me see if there was it might not have been him. I might um oh, let me see. Uh let me just quickly go to his Wikipedia to see. Oh, uh, he was like it was um We should probably get moving here in a second. Start the episode. Oh, no, Start right, the episode. Start, we're talking Woo! about something important, Josiah. Do you uh, say? Okay, okay he was right. accused, but it looks like he's off the hook. Okay. Oh, okay. He was accused of hitting like an ex-girlfriend. Okay, I do wanna, I do wanna do a brief, uh, I, I do wanna do a brief little fangirling moment before we start the episode proper. And uh, I got the chance to to meet uh, Doctor Cornell West, as you all know, in person. Oh, that's awesome. Uh, that's really cool. I po- that is cool. 
I, Did you I, ask him to come on Mammonberg? No, God, I would not debase myself like that in front of Dr. Cornell <laughs> West. Uh, I love him too much to ever do that to him. That's uh, Yeah, that's a mood. He's just a great guy. His insistency on calling people like brothers and sisters, like he is, he is a true blue Christian man. He's just like the nicest guy you could ever meet. He calls anybody, regardless of their political affiliation too, he, he would say he... He says Brother Trump. He says, like, because uh, it, it helps him close mm-hmm. the emotional distance uh, with people that are still his, like, a- adversaries, like, in the political it's, sphere. Yeah, it's, it's almost pastoral. It's almost like when he disagrees or, or even, va- you know, rabidly despises Trump, right? It's still, like, as, like, a concerned friend. Yeah, it's, it's like. pastoral. Like, it's it's yeah, something that's yeah. so hard to do, but it, it, it's beautiful. That he can't bring himself to hate people for having the wrong ideas, but uh, mm-hmm. he he loves them even though he doesn't understand them, and he's just oh god, it was just it was a great evening. He's just a he's a, such a nice guy. He even like I, I submitted a flashcard, and the presenter I got really lucky, and she read it. I signed that flashcard, by the way. They didn't read who it was from because I, I signed mine. I said from the guy. Uh, this is uh, from Philip Cozy. The guy who almost cried while meeting you earlier because I'm making like a weird Aww. face in the photo I took with him because I was like trying Aww. to hold back the emotion and like being really shy. Yeah, that's awesome. But it was that's, it was that super is nice. so cool that you got to you got to do that. That's that's cool. I'm All very right. happy for you, Phil. This was a uh, I don't want to say once a lifetime opportunity because there probably will be other opportunities to come up. Yeah, again, but... it's not it's not like you know quite that but it's pretty close i mean oh yeah it it was just something i couldn't have asked for a better timing of because i was like man am i you know lately i've basically been like am i ever going to amount to anything and then it's like oh through sheer godly coincidence philip you get to meet dr cornell west and i'm like okay thank you god i guess i will amount to something eventually (laughs) that's awesome that's that's a good time um Official Mammonberg stamp of approval for this this experience. Can somebody welcome? I'm so happy for you, Phil. Can somebody please post some religious art or something in the chat? I don't want to look at Ansel Elgort's face the entire time. I can delete it. Sorry for putting Ansel Elgort's face in the chat. Yeah. But and with that note, with that note, welcome to Mammonberg. Yeah, put Jesus in the chat. Or, I mean, the probably the appropriate one would be Ewan McGregor, uh, Jesus. Since that was, oh, here, this, this, I'm okay, putting we'll a good one in the, the chat. That was, oh, that's good. That's a good Jesus. It's a good Jesus. We get some good Jesuses on the chat. Let's get good some Jesuses, Jesuses in the chat. Jesuses in welcome, the chat. Welcome back from the title music, everybody. We're putting some Jesuses in the chat, in the Discord chat, so we can look at uh, pictures of Jesus while we talk about Jesus. Because today's episode is uh, not... We're, we're breaking out of the whole the whole current event shit and we're talking about a movie yeah we're trying uh, to be better folks this is we're the trying first, to be this better. is the first we're trying to improve the format it's episode. not going very well it's not going well but we're gonna we're gonna push through 
Now we're gonna we're gonna try to kind of mix up a you know our current events episodes with more episodes where we focus on a movie or something that uh, we like to read or something, and actually have some intellectually stimulating conversations rather than trying to find out how many dick jokes we can make about Rod Dreher in ten minutes. So, uh, well, yeah. So let's let's go ahead and introduce everybody here. Uh, I am of course Josiah Sutton, and I am joined today by my lovely co-host Phil. I'm Phil. Uh, we're we're all happy to be here. Uh, no jokes here. This is a this is a serious no, Phil episode. Joke free episode. Joke free episode. <laughs> my, uh, I've been neutered of all jokes. The jokes have been sucked out of my body uh, by like a clown vacuum. Uh, just I keep this going. It's gonna keep go. Move, move, move. Yep, yep, yep. Yeah, yeah. Jackal, Jackal. Hi, everybody. I'm Jackal. Uh, yeah, that's it. That's it. And of course, coming at us with a new microphone. So officially, all four of us now have microphones that are not bad microphones. That is, of course, Finch. Yeah, we're talking about the good microphones here, folks. You just cut her off. <laughs> you know what, Phil? You are the real silencer of women and minorities. You know, That's what yeah, I've we've, been saying. We've been making. I've been making. I think we owe Josiah an apology. We do. It. That's yeah, what I've we been do. Saying. You guys owe me an apology. <laughs> guys, is, we are really sorry, really. Josiah. This is like the episode of Succession. You're stepping down from your CEO position, and Phil is <laughs> you, taking it. You can't do this to me. Uh, I'm. I, yeah, uh, I'm I sorry. Do- you're behind the mahogany desk in your suit, aren't you? And you're saying I yep. can't do you this can't to you. Do this to you. Can't do this. Phil, to me. how does you it know how much I've sacrificed? How how does it feel to be the O.J. Simpson of silencing women of minorities? <laughs> to, to have that uh, well, title off, given to you. Based, uh, my melanin content has gone up. Uh, if that's if actually no, it, in fact, it has gone down. You're even down, down. Down is what you meant. What you, yeah, melanin doesn't make you more white. Yeah, it just yeah. It the more of a murderer you are, the whiter you become. Yeah. Not to mention, you're like descended. That's from if you're two able to get away of- with it. Yeah, you're descended from like two groups of fascists. Unfortunately, that's true. That's we haven't true. had a we haven't had Phil as a dual fascist uh, in a while. We that, haven't had that. Uh, anyway, wow, bring I back am... a vintage joke. You did it again. You did it again. <laughs> I'm gonna kill him. I'm gonna kill him. Finch, Finch introduce yourself. We yeah. have to keep moving with this episode. Yeah, I'm Finch, and I'm really fucking pissed at Phil now. I'm gonna ki- I'm gonna drive to New Jersey and run him over on the turnpike. <laughs> and on that note, uh, Finch is also the one who chose out this movie that we watched, which was uh, Last Days in the Desert, 2015, directed by who directed it. I should have had the Wikipedia page up. Uh, Rodrigo Garcia. Rodrigo Garcia. Um, A a movie that was filmed in like, what, 10 days or something like that? It was very like thrown together in a very like interesting way. And it's not bad for being thrown together in 10 days. It's, but I will say it's got some, I think in all of our opinion, it has some weird theology going on. I think it's interesting, hey. weird and interesting ways. Theology. What is that music? Oh, I I hate to to. Cut, I'm so but sorry. There was some uh, very strange music that was coming. In. There so was an ice cream truck going by. So as what? an explanation for that, uh, I my the outlets in my room have stopped working for some ungodly reason. So I've moved my laptop downstairs, 
my parents have this clock that plays little tunes at like every um every hour so that is what everybody <laughs> just <heard>. oh, <laughs> <right>. <laughs> <So>. <laughs> okay so if okay, we're going I, over I, the, I, the I, two o'clock mark we'll know <laughs> all right so I don't know if you guys have heard of this guy, Jesus of Nazareth. Uh, I've heard he's very popular in certain circles. In certain circles, yeah, yeah. It, it's um, uh, uh, it, 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 I to be clear, when I was saying it was like you know filmed over a short like uh, oh, it was shot for five weeks. That's that's longer than I thought. There, I found the Wikipedia page. Um, and I, but I don't want to say I wasn't trying to say that. I wasn't trying to say that as dismissive of the movie. I think it's just kind of it's like it's really interesting because it's a movie that's really sparse and set in the desert, obviously, but it feels like a chamber drama in like how small it is. It's a very small cast that's interacting and developing these characters. Um, and yeah, I think I think uh, it's an interesting movie, but I want to hear why Finch chose this movie and why she wanted us to talk about it. I think it's just a fascinating movie um, on sort of the life of Jesus. I don't know. It, I think it shows a more human side to Jesus. It kind of shows the, you know, both God and man side of Jesus very well. Because people do forget that Jesus, you know, he was a person as well. He felt emotions. He, you know, he felt the loneliness. Um, I also really thought there were just some very, very interesting choices that the director made with this movie, um, particularly mm -hmm. his portrayal of the, de the devil, the conversations yes. that Jesus has with the devil, the how they talk about God. Mm -hmm. I thought that that was all very, very interesting. And I, I wanted you guys to see it and get your thoughts on it. And also yeah. the, the the dynamics between the family that Jesus encountered. The family, yeah, because in a lot of ways, that's what the movie's really about, is, like, Jesus trying to take this, like, wager to solve this family's crisis. Um, do we want to, like, briefly rush through? It's got a pretty simple, sparse plot, so do we want to just, like, run through what the movie is? Uh, spoilers ahead, I guess? Sure. Yes. Um, so Jesus is wandering in the desert to get tempted. Uh, we all know the story. Um, and he, you know, stumbles across uh, Satan, who is played by bo both Jesus and Satan are played by Ewan McGregor. So it's the same person. It's him talking back and forth. They're they're kind of mirrored. Um, you know, he's out, he's fasting, whatever, and he runs across this family um, and lives with the family for the course of like, it seems like a, a couple weeks, right? Something like that. Um, and through that time, he gets to meet the uh, the mother who is dying, the son and the father who have a strange relationship. The father is very emotionally distant. The son is kind of goofy and he doesn't like living in the uh, desert. He wants to go to Jerusalem and do all that. Um, and as it kind of explores this kind of tension, uh, Satan kind of tempts him occasionally and then finally makes a wager with him that Jesus could try to resolve all of the you know different desires of these people in a way that's satisfactory to all of them. As the story kind of builds up, uh, the, the, the father finds this ruby rock kind of thing where he wants to mine that. And if they can do that, then he'll be able to like save the family financially. And I think it's kind of implied maybe help the son finally move to Jerusalem when he wants to and all that kind of stuff. And uh, he tries to send the boy down to do it. The boy refuses. He's scared of heights. They switch. The, so the father goes down. The father falls. The father dies. And after they deal with the, the you know, tragic 
sadness of that, it eventually cuts to Jesus's crucifixion. Um, Jesus sees a hummingbird and the apostles bury his body. Um, and then it does a very odd shot at the very end where it shows the same spot Jesus was wandering in. But now there's tourists and it's the modern day. Um, there's a lot more to the movie than that, but that's the rough flow of the story. Um, yeah. I'm so impressed that I could remember all that after watching it a week and a half ago. <laughs> Does anybody have some thoughts to start with here? Well, I think it's uh, it's an interesting movie because in a lot of ways it's it seems to like um, I don't I don't really know how to put this into words. I'm I'm kind of thinking about it. It's really like Satan is an interesting figure in this movie because I think you could make the interpretation because this is kind of the interpretations we have. Um, even amongst us, like, different interpretations of the Satan, the one being, uh, kind of like this base form of humanity, uh, represented, like, embodied by, uh, like, the fallen angel Lucifer. I think that's, uh, I'm not gonna speak for Jackal here, but maybe that's more his interpretation, or that the Satan is, like, this base it's form more of humanity that's, like... Entity. sure, yeah. And then for, for, like, me and Finch, we focus more on, like, um his like status as like an actual entity and uh i think it's interesting because the movie seems to be really open to both interpretations i think it never really decides like what the satan is but really his affect which is very interesting i think one of the most interesting um i think one of the most interesting aspects of the movie is that uh it's not clear if this happens pre-temptation of christ in the bible or post uh temptation of christ in the bible mm. I think that's an interesting question. If this is after the temptation of Christ in the desert or it's before it because of it jumps. Yeah. So at the end, it jumps so far into the future with his crucifixion. Yeah. And it throws you like right in the middle. Yeah. The desert. You don't see him go into the desert. You don't see. You yeah. Know. You don't see him return from the desert either. I don't know. I think it's a, I think it's a very interesting take on the movie. I think it, it's obviously posing more questions than it answers. We'll get into more details later on, but I think each one of us should kind of focus on our initial reaction to the movie. Yeah, yeah. Oh. Well, is it really? Because I thought it was post-biblical temptation because, like, at the end, mm -hmm. Satan departs from Jesus. That's true. That's true. Um... Yeah, that would make sense. I think that it was very interesting because we can see that the devil takes many forms during this movie. Cause I saw, cause one, the devil says, I will be there uh, during your last moments. Uh, just say something or, you know, give a signal and I will help you down. And then you see the hummingbird and then you see the devil take the form of the sick wife. And actually there was that scene where Jesus was like, he had like the cockroach in his hand or whatever it was. It was like, and like he let it crawl. I think that that was the devil as well, like tormenting mm. him. And he's allowing it to torment. He's allowing the devil to torment him. And um, I think that, I don't know, I, I will, um, you know, despite my stipulations with Aquinas, he does make a very interesting point about the devil and that, um, you know, devils, the devil and demon. They're not very creative. They like to imitate God. They like to be the mm -hmm. opposite imitation of it. So you see the devil take this, and I think it's also sort of to taunt Jesus, but take the image of Jesus as more moneyed. Because did you guys see, like, he had jewelry on, he had rings on his fingers? Mm. 
Well, I, I think didn't it catch that. mirrors yeah. the yeah. the theological, like when he offers him the world in the the biblical yeah. account of it. When I think it's supposed to be a stand-in for that, like royal, like it's it's that version. Yeah, yeah. Of Christ he's like he became the, royal the king of Jesus, the world. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah, yeah, yeah. I think uh, from what Phil was saying earlier, I think that this movie has a bit more of a closer interpretation to how I kind of conceive of the devil um, or the or the satan and sort of closer to a mix of is there a literal as- aspect to it yes but i do sort of interpret that there is a m- metaphorical aspect to that it is an archetype for this attraction to the easy road in a way like it's it's this attraction mm-hmm. to to sin it's an attraction to and especially for the movie like the 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 devil in the movie is a lot closer to the classical, like, tempter archetype. Mm-hmm. A comparison to this would be, I think, Josiah, did you see Last Temptation of Christ? Yeah, I, I was I was going to actually bring that up because um, I, I watched that like a week before I watched this. So that was fresh in my mind when I was watching this. And the the uh, invitation the Satan has to let Jesus get off the cross if he wants is interesting because that's literally the plot of last temptation of Christ, you know? <laughs> right. Spoilers for last temptation of Christ. Oh uh, yeah. Sorry. Yeah. That's yeah. It came out in the eighties. You've had your time. I think the uh, last temptation is kind of interesting though, because I think it actually, um, it interprets the Satan more along the lines of like, kind of like Catholic, like it's an actual entity. Mm-hmm. Because I think it personalizes the Satan a little bit better, The Last Temptation of Christ, where this movie uh, really leaves it vague, I would say. Yeah, well, this movie, the Satan is almost like, 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 because it takes the form of Jesus, it's like, it's almost like Jesus's human doubts, you know, kind of like being, being verbalized, which I don't know how good of a Christology that is, but as a movie, it's an interesting uh (laughs) <laughs> yeah, it might be Look. in terms of, but I also think that there is clearly a, it, this is not just in Jesus's head. This is clearly an yeah. entity yeah, of I mean, some like, kind. Yeah, I mean, like, it shows, it shows, like, the devil can, like, influence people. Like, when he is, you know, when the son is going to go out with the father to, like, get that piece of Jasper, the devil shouts out, get your knife, boy. Yeah, yeah, that's an odd chunk. There's also, uh... Since this was a week ago, uh, you might not remember, but there was the scene in the beginning with the old woman with the devil tail. Yeah. Yeah, that's like such a weird little thing. Well, well, that just that sort of devil? comes out of nowhere. Well, was or that the that devil another... taking like another form? form? Most likely, I don't know. I would think. I That's what I interpreted it as, is that yeah. this was just the devil taking another form and playing off of jesus's compassion yeah absolutely Mm -hmm. that's something that is interesting is that this also leads into like this isn't a typical depiction of the devil it's a lot more subdued and i think closer to it's a lot closer to the devil that you find in job the accuser Mm -hmm. yeah yeah absolutely then i think sort of the classical depictions that you see in media and even in 
uh, church history. It yeah, yeah. it does At a least, good job like, of keeping it history. pretty textual. I would say. Like, there's mm-hmm. nothing in this movie that comes from a place of... I feel like it's it, it really focuses on the textual Satan, really. You're like, mm-hmm. drawing off of, uh, like, biblical theology, both Old and New Testament, that really forms the, the, the basis of his kind of, like, person and, like, how he operates and, like, his motivations and why he does what he does. What, um... So, so one thing I was kind of struggling with with the movie, and I'd be kind of interested to hear your guys' thoughts, is, you know, since this is the temptation in the desert, what exactly is the temptation of this event? Is it disbelief in God's plan, or is it, you know, I, I, I don't know. Um, it seems like the devil is really trying to discourage Jesus and his mission, I think. Mm-hmm. I think it's interesting, because yeah. do you remember when the devil says that God has no face? Mm-hmm. I actually think that the entire movie is kind of, it's the Satan's way of trying to convince Christ that he is not like the son, that he's not God, because I Mm -hmm. think it's supposed to, he's trying to make him doubt himself. I think that the movie is basically Christ, it's basically even like post-bap, because I think a lot of theology, Christian theology, we focus on Christ's like self-actualization post-baptism, that that's when he knows he's... You know, he's the son in the Trinity. He knows that he's God. Is really yeah. post his baptism, he actualizes that. Yeah. Because hmm. um, that's when the Holy I mean, Spirit descends on him. Well, but uh, it's like he just experienced, I guess chronologically, he would have just experienced that and then immediately went into the desert. That's kind of what the what the text implies. Like he goes into the desert afterwards for that period of self-reflection. And I think what the movie is trying to say is that uh, during this prolonged period of grappling with that knowledge of himself, the Satan is trying to drive a wedge because by saying uh, God has no face to Christ, he's implying that uh, since Christ has a face, he cannot be God. Well, yeah, mm. but at the same time, I think that's showing God's inconceivability. Uh, because, that's true, like, yeah. You know, the devil was an angel at some point, and angels are terrifying giant creatures that, like, can affect reality with their presence. So, like, God, he he's saying, like, it, like, it tears you apart and, like, it, but it puts, holds you together and makes you feel mm-hmm. worthless but wants to be worth, but you want to be worthless, you feel insignificant, and yet you feel a part of him. I think that really shows mm-hmm. like the inconceivability of what God is. Yeah, well, and it's it's interesting. That's a really how you put that there is interesting too because that that part when 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 Satan says that you know yeah that that when you see God he makes you feel worthless and stuff like that he says this in a really negative sense like you know that oh you you feel awful but then as you phrased it there you know it it has a kind of positive side to it too it's like i am not my own you know to to quote calvin um (laughs) it's it's that yes yes haha i did it um no but yeah i am not my own i am god's like it it it's a very like positive emotion for the believer i think it's kind of interesting that it's the same like same um uh uh self-conception occurs when you see god but it's how you emotionally feel about that 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 feels like different about whether or not you're, you know, in the company of Satan or not, you know, mm-hmm. well, like whether I guess... or not you're okay with being w- worthless, but given worth by being held together by God or whatever. 
Yeah, I'm gonna agree a lot with with uh, with Finch, uh, particularly the "God has no face" comment from uh, the devil in the movie. I interpreted that as being sort of closer to again, like the Job depiction of uh, the Job depiction of the devil, where there is this film. He speaks with like a lot of fami- familiarity with with God. I think that's also a way of trying to well fuck with Jesus in the movie, because I. I kind of interpreted that this is set after the temptation, the big temptation in the desert of offering the world to Jesus and Jesus rejecting it. And that this is basically just the devil fucking with him to show either to show him that this is meaningless or that, well, you should have look at how this the this whole melodrama surrounding this family this is a microcosm of the tragedy that befalls the world. It would be easier if you just followed by what I'm saying. I have the true wisdom. I have the true, I have the true sort of know-how of how this actually works. If you follow my, and God is silent. He's not talking to you. And there was the, uh, the, what was, I think it was in the beginning where, uh, he says, uh, Jesus says, my father loves me. And the devil says, he's amused by you. There's, he's playing on those very specific human emotions. This, because, you know, it, the movie really deals with the kind of strange, this, the inherent strangeness that there is to being fully God and fully man of having yeah. this, something beyond human conception encased and fully in harmony in a way with you know the frag the fragility of human uh of the human psyche because we all have like we all have insecurities it doesn't matter who you are what your situation is everyone has insecurities about something and when people play on that they're playing with something that is they're playing with your weakness and that's what the devil is using here and he did that before with job with specifically in a more material way but i think that that's kind of in opposition to what he's doing here, he's trying to play with the the goal of Jesus. He's trying to deliberately veer him off course and try to give him doubt. Well, even even that part of the if we interpret that that woman in the beginning was you know the devil shape shifting, then that's another aspect of this greater ploy of trying to get him to change his mind. With look, you your first reaction to this old woman in the desert is to give her water but look who it turned out to be it turned out to be me Hmm. look at where this leads you look at where this where where this compassion where this love where it's all misplaced yeah i think that's a that's a really cognizant i think that's a really present interpretation of the entire movie because the movie is essentially suggesting satan is suggesting through the movie that uh, Jesus's mission is pointless, and to touch on the melodrama of the family and all the little like all the sins that are attributed to them, and all the things Satan tries to get them to do, it mirrors the temptation because um, Jesus resisted all of those temptations in the desert, and I think he's applying similar temptations to the family in a way to show that like Jesus, although since Jesus is kind of He's immutable to them because of his nature as God. He would not fall prey to those temptations. I think what he's trying to show is that other people 
would easily fall prey to any of the temptations that uh, Christ had leveled at him. And it's Satan's way of flaunting that over him and being like, you know, it's just easier. You know, it's easier if you're like everybody else. It's easier for you, actually, because the world's not going to treat you this way. The world's not going to cooperate with you and what you're going to do for the most part. So you should just give up now. Because uh, if I can't get you on your own terms, if I can't get you because of the way you are as God, I can't get you that way. I can get you to believe in my way by applying the logic to other people and showing just how willing they are. Appeal to his humanity in that regard. I've seen every shooting star since the first one. Every flash of lightning. I've heard the last gasp of each thing that ever lived. Nothing's interesting anymore. Nothing surprises you. Not a thing. The repetitiveness. The obstinate, dull repetitiveness of your father's plan is bewildering to me. The same lives lived over and over and over and over again. Is there a plan? It all has to turn into something. It has to pour out into something, but into what? And that's my weakness. Curiosity. But I'll stay as long as it takes, forever, to witness the end. The final sunset, if there is one. Maybe on that day, late in the afternoon, seconds away, he'll want to start it all over again from the beginning. He's done it before. Recreated the whole thing, retold the whole thing on a whim with little differences that must mean the world to him, a branch that crooks in a different direction, one egg more or less than the nest of a flea. What a self-centered, self-indulgent creature he is, isn't he? Deaf, mute, insatiable. These things he expects of you, do you think anyone will care? Man of a thousand years from now? What's it like to be in his presence? Is there a face? No. There is no face. There is no face. There's a thing that swallows you. It holds you together while it's tearing you apart and it's terrifying. It makes you feel worthless. And it makes you want to be worthless. All the while it makes you believe that you and he are one and the same and that, that is, that is, well, that can be quite confusing. <laughs> That's how I remember anyway. It's been a million years since he so much has looked in my direction. Uh, do you guys want to talk about the family a little bit? Because I found their I, That's what I was going to say. Very yeah. interesting. Um, you know what kind of stuck out to me was Kieran Hines' character when they're 
trying to get the Jasper. And, like, earlier, like, he's asking Jesus, how do I relate to my son? How do I relate to my son? And Jesus says, well, talk to him about something he's he likes that he's invested in. Because he likes riddles. Oh, God. And the father's this like... This scene's heartbreaking. Yeah. The father's like, I... I don't like riddles. And then, like, scenes later, the father, you know, tells the son a riddle. And the son just kind of stares at him. And then, like, yeah. like later in the scene, like, the, you know, is the argument. And the father, like, almost beats his son. So, I thought that that was, like, it's just an interesting. It's, like, you know, not wanting, not wanting to try, then trying, and then going, and, like, I don't know. It's, like, you know, like, the curve. You know, trying mm-hmm. to improve and then go- falling back into your old habits. Yeah. It's kind of a, a microcosm of the f- just mess that humans are. I think that that's kind of what I got from, from the reason why, like, the family is here is that they're serving as, like, this microcosm of the... These two German kids, can they go away? Don't trust me again. um leave that in you have to leave that in i i'll i'll stick it in the credits you can keep talking jackal i will say um the only time it's an issue for it when if there's like talking going on in the background of phil is while phil's talking but while you're talking, I can just like delete Phil's audio during I, that I time, know. so yeah, don't have to worry about I it. Just, but, yeah. I just heard that. Like. But that specific <laughs> line, it's what because the whole time I was thinking, I was like, just if everybody just ignores the talking, I can edit it out easily. And then that line happened. I was like, we're not going to be able to ignore that. <laughs> <laughs> so wait, you guys heard like almost at full volume, like the 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 like the, the two German. Yeah. Yep. Yes. Yeah, it, yeah, I think it was because it was such a distinctly Vandenberg sounding joke, too, <laughs> is why that was so funny. <laughs> Do you know this is where I get my like my my presence from is my dad who's like in the other yeah, room I, trying to put two German kids two, they're statues, <laughs> by the way. <laughs> I see. I see. I thought he was just really like pissed at two like German really, neighbor kids yeah. or something. Really just anti- no, they're like, like those little Hummel things. German guy. Yeah, uh, I see. <laughs> Um, oh, Jack, okay. what were you? What were you? Okay. What were you trying to say, Jack? Oh to man, say? hold on. Let me try and get my thoughts. <laughs> that threw me off. Uh, yeah, um, I sort of interpreted that this is the family is kind of a a microcosm of the flawed, just the inherent flaws that are within us, mm-hmm. and that they're kind of serving as a a bit of a not like a pedestal. What's the word? Like it foil serving as an example. Yeah, a foil to the to how difficult it is for us to know what when like one how hard it is for us to relate to one another even when we're related which you would mm-hmm. like that assumption that like there is no one that you should be closer to than family while that's true there is also the fact that family is also the hardest to relate to because they grew up with you you grew up with them there is societal baggage baggage associated with that and we see that here and it doesn't i i don't think that it matters what 
particular time period you have it and whenever there's a family unit of some kind regardless of how the societal structure of it is is centered there is a lot of baggage that comes with it that's the example Mm -hmm. that we see here between the father um his son who really enjoys riddles and is uh, really wants to go to Jerusalem and see the world. Like he wants to go to Alexandria. He wants to travel around the Roman empire, which at this time, if you were a Roman citizen, that was something that you could do. Mm -hmm. Uh, And the mother who is, I think we've said the mother is she's sick somehow. Yeah. She can't eat. Um, There's a a moment in the beginning where uh, they, Jesus is invited in by this family uh, the father mm. has a pretty funny comment where he says, uh, you preacher types are, are never alone. You, There's always some spirit or, or some other following you. Yeah. yeah. Which he's right. And it, that's very funny. Yeah. Well, he's and, and he's the, right uh, in ways that he, he isn't really. He's right yeah. in many, yeah. many ways. Yeah, he, he's right yeah. because like literally the worst possible entity is attaching itself to Jesus, to Jesus at this moment. Yeah. Well, and, and the uh, the line that he goes to relating it to the mother is that, um, you know, the mother kind of laughs and he's explaining he finds it funny because, you know, because Jesus is fasting, he's not eating. He's like, she wants to eat, but can't. And you can eat, but you don't want to. And like, she finds that that like juxtaposition funny. Um, Jackal, did, did you finish your thought before I start rambling? Um, I think I did. It, it was mostly that I think that the family is, and everything sort of following the, the father trying to relate to his son and it not working. Mm-hmm. And in the end, uh, I guess we're doing full spoilers, right? Yeah. Yeah. yeah there's, yeah. Uh, the father dying. And mm-hmm. the, I, the scene that was really heartbreaking was, uh, the, the son and Jesus preparing him, uh, his yeah. body. Yeah. Or the, and then, um, the mother who we the implication is that she's not gonna be around for long them yeah. saying goodbye i yeah. think that there is and also the devil plays with insecurities of humans here too so we have issues with humans and humans relating relating to one another and trying to have this connection which is just not there, there are problems with the father and the wife and the father mm-hmm. and the son and the son and the mother there's all of these this baggage here that it feels that Jesus has just kind of stepped into the middle of. And yeah. then you have the devil coming in and throwing even more at it. But he's not he's not even throwing anything. It's not like it's not like most depiction depictions of the devil where he is like instigating things. It's more that he's giving thing he's he's providing a little push, a whisper. Mm-hmm. Right. But not something that isn't already in it's a, like suspicions that already that aren't already within your mind. Like where he he's imitating the wife's voice to I can't remember was it to Jesus or was it to the Father? It it's, was it's to, to Jesus. Jesus, yeah, yeah. And saying that uh, my son is not my my uh, is not my husband's son, and we're left mm-hmm. like we don't know if that's true, but that's a, probably a suspicion that is that is there, and he's using that to fuck with Jesus and broadly to add even more suspicion to the family. Uh, guys, can we address the problematic age gap between the wife and the husband? Oh, God. <laughs> oh, man. <laughs> no, but, um, you know, yeah, there's this, like, the chunk where, um, you know, 
I, I what I, I think a lot about there's like these kind of couple conversations between Jesus and the devil over like a campfire that I think are kind of the like the thesis points of the movie. And in one of those, you know, he talks about how God will like redo all of history and just do put a blade of grass differently or, you know, something around those lines. And then that'll that, you know, and want to see how that will change things. And so it kind of implies like all these little things about our life are all like preordained in some way. And so then that's also kind of a source of doubt because I I see the kind of doubt that, that the Satan is kind of trying to make with the family as like, why would he put, why would God put in a family together uh, a distant father and a son who wants to leave? You know, why would this situation even exist? That's, that's what the, it feels like kind of the doubtful temptation about this family is, is like, try and fix this one, try and untangle this one, you know, even it's so, it's, it's not like, um, this family is, is by far not the most dysfunctional family I've ever seen. No. You know what I mean? Or even depicted in movies about Jesus, you know, like it's not that dysfunctional. And yet these like little, little sins and little doubts, um, really just like poison people's ability to enjoy each other and the doubt is kind of like why would why would god create this situation in the first place to allow this to happen you know that seems to be kind of i i don't know what what the temptation is to some extent i don't know i i I think that the temptation in the movie is for christ to give up hope on both humanity and god and that part of himself as god and his responsibility as god and his ultimate like destiny his ultimate role as you know the lamb of god essentially i think that's what a lot of it it's all it's all of those things kind of like intertwined and like layered on top of each other yeah yeah i mean it's an interesting point it kind of also i don't know i think the devil was also just showing the sort of like i think he was also trying to kind of give like a sense of meaninglessness to jesus during that that like fireside chat by saying like God restarts it over and over again. And, but it's very interesting what he says is that there are just different iterations of history. Like people make different choices like through the different timelines because he says like what would have happened this time is that the son would have killed the father. But in previous retellings, they there was nothing but love between them, which I find was very interesting. And but also like where he, he's where he says. I'm waiting to see what this culminates into, because I don't get it. Yeah. Which I, I think also just, and this will be my last point, I think it's also just a very interesting way of looking at the, like the inconceivability of God's plan as well, and how that can be yeah, either a source yeah. of hope or in a source of despair. I think that there is something interesting, because we haven't really talked about like that part, which I found really interesting. Because there's a couple ways you could interpret it. It could just be, yeah, the devil's just kind of lying. Yeah, it's a, that's that's a thing that he does. He's this is another lie that he's giving to provide doubt uh, about whether or not God cares. That's something that also comes up where he talks about how God is not interested in human affairs. He's too busy spending time like shaping the specific drop of dew. Mm-hmm. Hmm. That he's he's too caught up, caught up in like the the little microcosms hmm. of how the of how the universe functions to be concerned with the lowly lowly concerns of uh, a bunch of hairless apes on a mud ball. Yeah. Again, if we compare this to Job, which this feels to me like 
I, I would like to read Job and then watch this movie again. Hold on. The police are... Oh, that's a fire truck. Trying to shut down our podcast. Yeah, they're, they're finally... They're after me, guys. They found out. They're after me. Oh, yeah. no. Hashtag we're on, we're on We're on fire right now, and they're trying to put it out. On fire for the <laughs> um yeah i think that uh like i would like to read job again i would like to rewatch this this movie again i think that these both serve as very good comparison pieces between one another mm-hmm. i think that there is a there is a continuity between how the devil is in job and how he is here and not only that i think there's a continuity to how god is perceived in job and probably ecclesiastes too and in here, mm-hmm. there is there's something about this movie that feels very Old Testament in tone, in terms yeah. of its understanding of God, how God relates to the world and humanity. But then we have Jesus thrown in, who is God, mm-hmm. but also human, and that and that conflict there. Even though that's not that much of a conflict here, which is interesting, Jesus isn't really, he is sure of who he is, but I think that he is unsure of whether what he will do will have any effect on people, which is what he's trying to do with his family. He's trying to save them. Yeah, yeah. Well, you know, I I was thinking about this too, because you mentioned that, you know, know, your, your father, you know, Satan says, you know, your father's more interested in like you know shaping a drop of dew and and making sure everything on that front's perfect Uh, i was thinking of job when you said that because it feels like satan is using god's monologue at the end of job as a source of doubt because there's the whole chunk where you know job where where god is talking to job and he's like you know where were you when i was crafting the oceans and you know and i was uh, telling the ravens, do you tell the ravens what to do? Blah, blah, blah. You know, it's like kind of going through all of nature and everything. And it feels like Satan is kind of like using that against him where it's like God is more concerned with trying to order this like this like dew, you know, the the drops of dew and the ants and everything perfectly than he is with, you know, human affairs or whatever. That's that's kind of like, like the temptation there. Um, and... And then it, it goes on to like making doubt about this plan. Will what you do have any impact? And I, I, if I remember correctly, he goes on to say, will people in a th- thousands of years from now, a thousand years from now, remember what you're doing? And so that actually kind of makes the ending serve a purpose too. Because, you know, as the like the tourists are walking around the desert, you know, it's kind of obvious that if they're kind of wandering around this specific desert, they're probably like touring the Holy Land or something. And it kind of is like a little like last moment of like, no, this the Jesus as a figure is going to birth his his death and resurrection is going to birth like a, a religious movement that is alive today. So, yes, people will remember it. It's It's kind of letting that have the final say to some extent. I think, you know... In my personal opinion, I think the last few the last few comments have really influenced my opinion on the movie more because I think it's really it's hard to convince Jesus that he isn't God. It's hard to drive that wedge, but it's what it is is it's that he's trying to like um 
that the Satan is trying to drive that sort of, like, essentially he's trying to posit at him, like, well, well, who is God really, you know? Who, what does he really care about? And I think part of what's integral to, especially in Christian theology, is that, uh, like, Christ is the, the penultimate, like, sign that God loves humanity because he gives himself human form and dies for us like that's the ultimate like kind of testament to christian theology where love is central to god's being he wouldn't have done that he wouldn't have essentially begotten jesus into the physical realm if he did not love humanity you know that thing mm -hmm. like the, the beginning of john well that part of john where he's like uh, you know for god so loved the world he gave his only son but it, i i think what the the satan in the movie is trying to do is he's trying to say he's trying to make Christ doubt that God even like really thinks about humanity very much, uh, which is interesting mm -hmm. because by nature of his being, Christ can't feel that way about God because obviously as the embodiment of God made flesh and being fully human, he is proof that God does care. But he's like Jackal said earlier, he's trying to prey on the human side of Christ and his doubts and say. Well, 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 that's not really your purpose. You know, you're not really going to accomplish that. You, you, you could never even come close. Look at this family. You can't even help them. You know, how can you, like, help anybody? You know, how is your death going to help anyone? What did you guys think about one of the last scenes where Jesus goes into the tent to heal the mother and she tells, he, she kind of signals for him not to do that? Oh, yeah. Yeah, I, I don't know what to make of that. That was very interesting. I think also when the devil shows up as the mother, like, partially naked, and just, like, and you can see the wound on her side mm -hmm. that, like, parallels the spear wound that Christ gets on the cross. That was also a very interesting yeah. visual motif. But, yeah, I, I didn't know what to make of, like, the woman... I think maybe it was sort of her own sacrifice so that, like, her son didn't have to take care of her anymore. And she knew that she, she... I think she recognized Christ as the son of God. And, like, that... And, like, the devil... Because the devil gets so mad when Jesus goes in there. And, like, sa she's saved, basically. Yeah. I... I I don't know if this is quite a good reading of it or not. Because I think if, if he was... if. He was going to resurrect her. It would probably fix her ailment. But there is something to me that connected with, like, um, people who are just, like, kept alive on, like, bar barely alive in, like, a hospital setting. And they're just kind of kept alive where it's like, I, I don't want to keep prolonging the suffering. That that was kind of how I read it. Although I don't know if that's that's the right way to read it. But it was that's what came to my mind because there's... um. Um, since, since it's, I, I feel like when you talk about these kind of movies, Scorsese lingers, we've kind of already referenced Last Temptation. Um, I was going to say, uh, Bringing Out the Dead was a Scorsese movie I, I watched kind of recently, like a month or two ago. And, um, there, there's this scene where, uh, Nicolas Cage's character in it, he's a paramedic, um, is, is dealing with, um, a guy that's been just like on life support for, you know, a long time just coming in and out of being alive and he's hearing the guy's voice in his head and the guy begs him to just pull the plug on him. And so he does it for him as an act of mercy. And there was something like that. That's what came to my mind when I was um, like with that scene where, you know, but I don't know if I'm projecting a very like modern medical 
situation onto that where I don't know if that's what it's trying to get at, but I think uh, something that was, I, I completely forgot about the, the part where the devil was so angry that he went into the tent. Like I think at the, when he leaves uh, he, he says, who the hell do you think you are? Mm, yeah. yeah. <laughs> like the, it's something with like the audacity to like, you're going to come and try to fix this with, with uh, your, like to try to heal her. How dare you? There's like a lot of genuine anger there, but I, so as people might know, if you're following me on Twitter, I had been watching Breaking Bad recently again. Um, <laughs> my brain is poisoned by Breaking Bad memes. I cannot, uh, I, my YouTube feed is just Breaking Bad memes, various Breaking <laughs> Bad memes of varying kinds of, varying kinds of severity, whether they are an abstraction so that's what you're telling us is you're a man of culture. You're a man <laughs> yes, of culture. That, that is what I'm saying. Uh, <laughs> that that is absolutely what I'm saying. But there, if you remember, like if you remember back to season one, which feels like a uh, a lot slower paced show than what it would become. Uh, this is not we're not this is not a discussion about Breaking Bad, though. I think that would be an interesting topic of discussion for this show. Well, it, it it lingers. It lingers. It lingers. In the, uh... <laughs> yes, a Christian interpretation but, of Breaking Bad could be interesting but there is there is something like where where they find out about walt's cancer and they have the discussion about like well what are we gonna do about it there's mm -hmm. a lot that oh, obviously yeah. that could be critiqued about but i think that walter does kind of make a, a genuine point about just marking time that he'll become this thing that people just his family has this obligation to take care of yeah and that yeah that will and be like the, that he'll lose this ability it's like yeah, yeah. yeah. like uh that i think like if I remember the part correctly, he says, like, I, like, what is the point if I can't enjoy a meal, if I can't do this, if I can't make love, if I can't, and I'm just marking time and become this artificially alive thing mm -hmm. that is taken care of out of obligation by my family who begin to resent me. I, I couldn't live with that. I think that out of everything from, from Walt, that, that feels like something that a lot of people could understand instead of, you know, his, the rest of his fragile, Max masculinity shuddering at the thought of except yeah, yeah yeah but like i think that you can relate that back to the mother here where i don't think that she wants to i think that on one hand i think she's tired i think that this is she's tired of life and mm -hmm. she kind of is accepting this and i also think that she doesn't want to she wants to let her son go and let him be what he's going to be and do what he's going to do without having to mm. stay behind with how he has had to do it before whether or not because she would be healed so she would no longer have this ailment which is inhibiting her but i think that a lot has happened in this movie in terms of we get the implication this family is not had doesn't have the greatest financial situation considering they're living in the fucking no. desert in the middle of the desert uh well on the edge of the desert um and you know the father trying to like that he he gets this this thing about trying to get the family back on its feet and jesus is this witness to what is this family drama i think that at the end of it the mother is tired uh her husband has just died and her son is it's it's a it's a lose lose situation in her perspective that either he has to now stay in the desert with her to take care of her for whatever time that she has left, she gets better 
but you still have the baggage of all that has happened and continue to live on with that. Or you have the option of letting go. And there will be a lot of pain with that. There will be a lot of sadness with that. But maybe that's the best thing for her son. Is it? I don't know. I think that maybe she should have she should have let Jesus heal her. But that isn't the point, I think. I think the point is that she is... And she does it like... She's voicing agency that this is what she wants. And Jesus lets it go. Mm-hmm. No, I think so. Because I think, you know, Jesus, as we know from the Bible stories that came after, would have been able to completely heal her. She would have been healthy yeah. again. But I don't think she wanted that for her son. You know, mm-hmm. to keep him there. We she also wanted have, him to go to the Jerusalem. We also have people don't know who Jesus is yet. Yeah. They don't yeah. know that he could do this. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I mean, that, that adds a different meaning to her having the spear wound and stuff too, because she's making the sacrifice so her son can live on in Jerusalem. So, you know, she, she's kind of being Christ-like and wi- willing to sacrifice her life so that um, the son can live on. I was going to say that playing off of the last thing with, the, with um, the, the healing of this woman, how she could have been healed, uh, I think, I think it's, it's a combination of all of these things. And it's also, I think it's like, it's partially like a human assertion of agency. Since Christ is God... You know, it's, you know how the Satan was basically saying, like, you know, he was trying to make Christ doubt, essentially, God's plan for the world by saying that humans, he almost kind of implies that humans have, like, no agency, and that they're just, like, subject to the whims of God, and, like, God doesn't really care about humanity, and it's, this is kind of a refutation of that, because when she rejects healing, she's rejecting healing from, you know, Christ, who is God. She's rejecting mm-hmm. the thing. She's literally de- rejecting almost God's plan for her in a way, since he's like, I'm going to heal her. This is going to be all right once I heal her. Uh, by rejecting that, she's kind of asserting almost like a like human agency a little bit, like saying that there is kind of a like there is kind of a human element to the world that isn't isn't necessarily fully known by humans or christ at this point and i think it's almost like an assertion that it's even murkier than could have been expected and that like you know god doesn't necessarily will misery because if christ is trying to do this thing that will abate her misery and she rejects it Mm -hmm. i think it asks a complicated question about that i don't know what you guys feel about that yeah absolutely well um actually that that kind of could be a way to move into this this final thing. I was I was gonna say we should probably move toward wrapping up. Um, and so I, I was thinking we should all go around and give our final thoughts on it. And maybe that can you know if our final thoughts kind of address what Phil is bringing up here, that would be good too um, or not. But you know everybody kind of give your final thoughts and then just I guess just thumbs up or thumbs down about the movie. We might as well just do that classic movie pod style so um i don't know uh finch why don't you start well i love this movie so two thumbs way up for me uh i think it's a very interesting exploration it's interesting because like when this movie came out it actually did get a lot of flack from the christian community i don't know why this always happens always happens yeah Yeah, but I I thought it was great. I thought it was a very interesting look at, like, the nature of Christ as man and God. And just, like, a very interesting, realistic fictionalization of what could have happened 
out when he was out in the desert. So I love it. It's one of my favorite movies on Jesus. Uh, Jackal. Yeah, I really like this movie a lot. I think I'm going to rewatch it a few times um, to kind of get more from it. But I think that this is going to go as uh, one of my favorite uh, biblical movies uh and i think it's one of my favorite depictions of jesus i we did talk about like any of the performances of the movie they're all good they're all uh they're all really good yeah Yeah. really good they're all really good everyone knocks does a fantastic job as playing both the devil and jesus and making them very distinct uh i remember when this movie came out and the like I, i remember reading an interview with him where he talked about that he he when he was playing jesus he didn't want there to be any ambiguity like he was talking with the director where he said no jesus is god i don't like i'm not playing like someone i'm not playing like the historical jesus i'm not playing and i i'm playing jesus the son of god and so oh ewan specifically said that that's awesome that's really yeah that's cool he that he wanted like even though this is a very grounded movie there is this also, the cinematic. Like, th- this is a very good movie. I really enjoyed it. I mm-hmm. thought that the performances from all the actors were top notch, with special uh, note to you, McGregor, who has to play two very distinct characters. The cinematography of the desert is beautiful. And mm-hmm. uh, I think that there is some really deep messaging that you can get here that is important for, I think, a, a perception of Jesus, which is not. Um, that is not really given a lot of attention to. And I think that it's also a depiction of the devil that is something that you don't really see a lot, even from just general religious spaces, but it's probably a lot more, in my opinion, accurate to what the perception of evil and what the devil was Mm -hmm. for second temple, uh, second temple Jews. And as a result, the sort of groundwork that is the foundation of, of Christianity. So Thumbs up for me. Hell yeah. Phil. I think the movie is... I I think it's very good. I think it's one of my favorite Jesus movies, too. I think there are not a lot of really good ones. And this one actually uh, is good enough to acknowledge Christ as the Son of God. It's not playing around with uh, historical Jesus pedantic nonsense where it's trying to be like, Mm -hmm. well, actually... Uh, No, no, no. It's, It's very clear in what it is. I think, um, to play off of what Jackal said, I think, um, I think even in, like, Finch and I's view, uh, I think even the Satan uh, needs to have that, like, biblical textualist basis. I, I think the Satan, how it acts is closer to how Jackal interprets that as the test, because I, I don't think the, um, I don't think, like, the pop cultureization of Satan in that way, I don't think that's really cogent or coherent. Hmm. past a certain point i think um the the textual foundation for the satan has to be established this movie does a really good job of keeping that just like jackal said i think the movie if it didn't keep that i feel like it'd be weaker because yeah i, I think it has that in common with the last temptation of christ too because the devil acts a very similar way in that movie mm-hmm. where it's like it's whispers it's temptation you know it's it's this it's something that like pulls at the back of your mind instead of this kind of like overt do the bad thing and i always think that's kind of how like metaphysics worked and like from what i gather from like old testament sources about like evil demons and like 
evil demons and supernatural entities is that humans only really feel them as these like abstract like little poles in certain direction you know what i mean it's it's how people almost feel the holy spirit too like the presence of the holy spirit is we can only feel it so much there is only so much like a human can comprehend about it and i think what this movie handles really well is the 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 uncertainty of human the human element in that in like these little whispers and poles of evil and good that the mm-hmm. movie handles really well. Hell yeah. Thumbs up. Thumbs up. Hell yeah. Um yeah, and I'd I'll do my thought here, but yeah, I, I think this is a good job. It, it's interest it's probably one of the most um faithful executions of trying to depict Jesus's humanity where it like whenever you make a movie when you where you make Jesus more of a character rather than just like this you know, domineering Jesus God figure, you know, you try to make him more of a human character, you inevitably, like, will fall into a little bit of heresy. Um, and this movie does a good job of not uh, not falling into too much of that, I don't think. It, it, it seems to, like, be a pretty, uh, pretty just, just, you know, whatever, as opposed to, like, um, a movie that I think, you know, a, a movie we've kept comparing this to, Last Temptation of Christ, which is, I think, probably a more exciting movie to watch. Cause it gets into like a lot of weird stuff, but it like, it just dives into heresy, but then tries to like do a kind of like, I don't know, faithful Christianity within this heretical story. You know what I mean? Um, which I, you know, I love that movie, but it, it theology brain Josiah watches that and is like, okay, whoa, 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 whoa. Um, but yeah, and, and like we'd said, the performances from everybody is like great in this. Um, Ewan McGregor, obviously. Uh, we haven't said much about Ty Sheridan as the son. I think he did an awesome job with it. I, I kind of have a soft spot in my heart for him because uh, he was in The Card Counter last year, and that's a great movie. And thought he did a good job in that, too. He's he's good at, at just being kind of a dorky son. Uh, <laughs> dorky son with, with um, you know, a lot of uh, processing um, childhood. And... Yeah, I, he was I, also I'd in say, Mud, yeah. which is a which is a fantastic movie that everyone should watch. Yeah, he's uh, also in uh, Ready Player One, which is not an awesome movie. <laughs> <laughs> so you win some, you lose some. You know, that can't all be winners. Uh, <laughs> yep. Since he but was yeah, in a, uh, a Paul Schrader movie, it, it's it, it furthers the canon of the 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 Manly yeah. Bird Christian movie canon. Yeah, yeah. At least, at least Phil and I are very uh, Schrader pilled. I, <laughs> God, I don't know about the rest of y'all, but <laughs> <laughs> your tolerification. Um, yeah, my tolerification. Yeah, I'm a. Well, yeah. When I say I'm a Calvinist, of course, I mean a Paul Schrader Calvinist. That's that's kind of where I. <laughs> um, but yeah, thumbs up. Um, good movie. I think it is uh it's it's got a lot to chew on. It doesn't give you a lot of answers, but I kind of like sitting with some of these questions for you know a nice uh you know uh sparing 98 minutes. Not enough movies are in the 90 minute rage and holy shit, that was nice. Give you some like nice questions but not like spend 3 hours to deliver it as good. So, uh thumbs up. So, on that note, I think we should all sign out here so we want to do Twitter ads and all that good shit. Uh, 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 Phil, where can they follow you on Twitter? You can find me at CryptoDirector at Twitter.com. Hell yeah. Finch. Uh, you can find me at Finchowar. 
on twitter.com. Jackal. You find me at jackaljester on twitter.com. Uh, and you can follow me at Josiah W. Sutton on twitter.com. And uh, I don't know. We haven't met any jokes this episode, many jokes this episode. Phil, make a joke as we as the music is coming again. Uh, heresy, more like uh, bad ideas. <laughs> Am I right, folks? That was That's very funny. Joke, that, was, yeah. no, that was, no, it was not a joke. <laughs> <laughs> A uh, joke is when you look up the definition of something on dictionary.com. Jesus, and Jesus in the desert? More like uh, this movie is a dessert in that it's very good. That's it's just wordplay. That's, yeah, that's not... Okay. I'm grasping at Goodbye. straws. This movie has like no comedic just, elements. Just, just do, I, um, do, do a... a, a you know what? Yeah. Bye, everybody. Goodbye, yeah. <laughs> movie critic Carl Weezer here. Bye. Hi. Why? Why? See, that's what you should have started with. That's solid. Movie critic Carl Weezer is a great bit. We're bringing that. Back. That was right there. How is it that you missed that? <laughs> yeah, that's awesome. Yeah, hey guys. Guys, we gotta stick to the queue, remember that. Oh, shit. Yeah, sorry. Well, I didn't see anybody put anything in the queue since we <laughs> I know, because yeah, you all not. started doing free-for-all, you know, Jackal here. I'm... He's trying to get a word in. There we go. I, yeah, I'm gonna say, I've been trying to say some, some stuff. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And then you two are awesome. acting like a pair of fucking hoognots. Okay, hoognots. Okay, okay. Say what you're going to say, don't, because uh, I, I have to edit out whenever we start fighting about the queue. <laughs> Go ahead, Jack. <laughs> we, we good? Can I, I can talk? There we go. Yes. <laughs> hey, massive, may I talk, please? No, no, no. no, 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 no. Don't do that to me, no. <laughs> you fucking men. The Honorable Elijah Muhammad said you were grafted out of the original black man.